0: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. his face is weather-beaten, he wears a hooded sash,
1: Raider Nation, what's happening? What's up with you? This is Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast, May 29th, 2020. Got your boy Q here with you, as always, at your boy Q254 on Twitter. You can hit me up anytime, and I'll definitely get that message passed along. Or if you just got a statement you want to make, I mean, whatever it is, if you hit me up, I'll definitely make that happen. Of course, the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line is always wide open like some old-school TV antennas, 707-654-4693. Want to shout out BuiltBar.com. Because they are promoting the the podcast not only today but every single day in the month of May, and not only for the Locked On Raiders podcast but every single podcast across the Locked On NFL Network. And it's funny, man. A lot of folks have hit me up and said how much they liked it. I had a little bit of uh, you know hit up and say, hey, I'm not really feeling it, but then oh no, wait, actually, you know what? After a while, I am feeling it. So I mean, I think builtbar.com is the way to go. But I'll tell you all about that at the end of segment number one. Again, I got. My three uh, boxes, or not my three boxes, yeah, but my, it was three boxes, three different flavors. It was one box of 18, but it was three different flavors. I got coconut almond, toffee almond, and salted caramel chocolate. I'll tell you about that at the end of segment number one. Coming up on today's show, segment number three your calls, your texts, straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707 654 Four six nine three Again, text messages and voicemail messages straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Segment number two, I'm going to talk about Derek Carr. And this is not one of those bashing Derek Carr. Not one of those, I don't think he's the guy. I think they need to get rid of him. Or, yeah, he's the guy. He's a franchise guy. No, I'm not going to do that. In segment number two, I got a couple text messages. And I'll read them to you. One from Andrew the Raider. Another one from Coach B. Talking about Derek Carr and the expectations for 2020. So, I'll read those to you. And I'll break it down what my thoughts are. Are my feelings, my uncut raw feelings on Derek Carr are in 2020 because of coming from those text messages that I got off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. So every once in a while, I'll get a topic straight off that voicemail line. And that's OK. That's a good thing. So I'll do that coming up in segment number two. And you already know here in segment number one, I'll give you the news and the notes of the day, as I always do. So off top, let's talk about the tight end position. The Raiders. They re-signed Paul Butler. That's right. Remember that guy, the get big, huge, humongous guy, the guy that's been working out and got all his swole on? They re-signed Paul Butler. And the statement that they put out, Butler returns to the Raiders, previously spent time with the club in 2018 and 2019. He's 6'6", 250 pounds. He was originally signed by the Raiders after being a part of the tryout basis at the team's rookie minicamp in May of 2018. Spent the majority of his rookie season on the Raiders practice squad before being elevated to the active roster in Week 17. In 2019, Butler spent the offseason with the Raiders and a portion of the year on the team's practice squad prior to being signed by the Lions as a reserve future free agent at the conclusion of the season. Butler has never appeared in a regular season contest. So to make room for Paul Butler, they had to, and that's the Raiders as I say they, they placed tight end Nick O'Leary on the reserve NFI list. His season 2020 is officially over. Paul Butler is a guy I don't expect to make the team at all. I just think he's going to be a camp body, but clearly they wanted Paul Butler there more than. They wanted Nick O'Leary, so Nick O'Leary's out. Paul Butler's uh, in again, and uh, we'll see how far it goes. But as soon as, as far as I'm concerned, as soon as training camp hits, and uh, you know he's out there getting some reps in, at the end of training camp, when it's time to cut down the roster, he won't make it either. But again, uh, the Raiders have re-signed Paul Butler. Up next, the onside kicked or the fourth and fifteen. Remember that rule proposal that we've talked about about three or four times on the show. Yeah, guess what? It was voted on on Thursday by the owners. It didn't pass. <laughs> it just didn't pass. And, you know, that was the thing. We all kind of knew, or at least I had a feeling that it wasn't going to pass because there was just too many different, you know, rules and regulations. And they kept changing it and putting stipulations on it and say, okay, you can't do it all game long. You can only do it twice. It's an untimed time down. Uh, you can do it during regulation but not overtime. I mean, they just put so many speculations and, you know I mean, just so many different rules on it and so many different asterisks by it you kind of felt like you knew that it wasn't going to happen. So the 4th and 15 from the their own 25 did not pass. The onside kick still lives. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I guess the voting was a little bit better than it's been in the past, but it wasn't enough to go ahead and, and, and clear it. And so, uh, yeah, there will be no 4th and 15 from the 25 in the NFL in 2020. Again, something that should not come as a surprise, something I talked about on Thursday as saying, you know what? It's something that I don't expect to make happen also Roger Goodell the NFL commissioner he said on the conference call that the NFL continues to prepare for an on-time start to the season but will be prepared to adjust if needed league won't let coaches into the facilities unless all teams can make it into the facilities at the same time the virtual offseason has been extended another two weeks now with all that being said coaches could end up being in the facilities within a couple weeks. So it's something to look out for. But uh, Roger Goodell says right now that the NFL offseason, the virtual offseason, it has been extended for another couple weeks. And that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. I think most teams are going to end up taking their approach that the New Orleans Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles are taking approach where it's like, okay, the offseason's over, but when it's time for training camp, make sure you're in the best shape of your life and be ready to rock and roll. I think that's what most teams are going to do. And I think that's what the NFL should just say. You know what? Hey, teams... Just know that you know, your mini camps and all that good stuff, that's out the water. Just get your team prepared and get them ready for the training camp and tell them be in the best shape of their life when they get there and ready to rock and roll, and then the NFL and the league will move from there. But they haven't said that officially, but teams are starting to do that on their own. Eli Apple, remember that name? He was the guy that the Raiders were going to sign at one point before Prince of Makamura. They did not sign him. And, I mean, I was saying in a major way, when the Raiders came to an agreement during the offseason that they were going to sign him. I was like, that's a bad move. I didn't like that move at all. He wasn't very good with the Giants when he was a, a top you know, 15 pick. He was a first-round draft pick by the Giants. He wasn't very good. Went to the New Orleans Saints. He was okay, but wasn't very good. And, you know, he, he, just, he was coming to an agreement with the Raiders, and I didn't like it. And then the Raiders and, and him weren't able to come to a final deal, which was great. I thought it was great. Prince of Makamura, they end up signing him. All is good. Well, Eli Apple, he has signed with the Panthers. Yep, he is a part of the team that the Raiders will face week one, Matt Rule and company in Carolina. The Raiders will be traveling to, to see the Panthers. They will be facing Eli Apple. So when he gets burned once, twice, maybe even three times, I'll be laughing all the way to the bank because Eli Apple is just not very good. So to see him sign with any team that's not the Raiders is great for me, but to see him sign with the Panthers and knowing that the Raiders play the Panthers week one is even better. Also, my final news or my final piece of news for segment number one: Madden. You play the game still? I haven't played the game. I think the last Madden game I had, Richard Sherman was on the cover. I think that was the last time. I used to be a big Madden guy. I, I used to get the the game every single year. I had to have it. The last one I do believe I got was with Richard Sherman on it, and I don't even remember what what number that was. But uh, Madden and uh, NFL owners have approved a five year extension with EA Sports, and it's over two billion. Dollars. can you imagine that i said that with a b not a m but a b madden gets a five-year extension ea sports and madden and the nfl owners have approved an agreement on an extension that is going to continue to put that video game out and it's worth more than two billion dollars let that sink in for a minute that's a whole lot of money really good game but a whole lot of money. So that was the final piece of news and notes that I have for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into segment number two, talking about Derek Carr and the expectation for 2020, let you hear a couple texts off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. I want to tell you about the Built Bar and builtbar.com. And uh, I had the toffee almond this morning. Really, really good, man. Had it in the fridge, and it was good. Love me some toffee almond, especially when it's in the fridge, and it's good to go. I have a box of uh, 18. I have three different flavors, coconut almond, toffee almond, salted caramel, chocolate. I got a lot of people that hit me up on the regular and say, Q, you got me, man. I just bought a box of built Bars. And, I mean, it's not, again, it's nothing that, like, I got you on. Like, I hustled you or anything. It's just the real deal is that they're actually really good. My guy, Brother Marquise in the 305, he actually hit me up and he said, Damn it, you got me. This is the text message he sent me. Damn it, you got me. And then he sent me the uh, the screenshot of the text message saying that he got the Built Bars. Thank you for registering your number with Built Bar. You will now receive order notifications through SMS. Reply for order status or support Team Built Bar. Hey, Marquise, thanks for a Built Bar order. And he gave the number in The amount of $23.63. That's all you spent, $23.63. We'll text you again once your order is ready to ship, reply for order status or support. That's Team Built Bar. And you know why it was only $23.63? Because he used the promo code locked on to get his first box. Again, builtbar.com, promo code locked on, $10 off your first box. You can get a, a box of mixed flavors or you can pick a flavor and just say, you know what? That's the ro- one I'm going to roll with. And that is all good in the hood so be like brother marquise in the 305 repping miami one time and go ahead and hit up billbar.com promo code locked on and get ten dollars off your first box segment number two is on the way talking about Derek carr and the expectation for 2020 it's coming up next here on the locked on raiders podcast
0: your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day.
1: Here we are Raider Nation segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast your boy Q here with you on this Friday feeling pretty good about to head into the weekend and hopefully you're uh, you know ready for the weekend as well getting ready to you know have a little bit of a t- downtime and just chill and relax with the fam and uh, do what you got to do and continue to be safe because even though uh, with this everything craziness that's going on in the world this pandemic this COVID-19 and everything's starting to look a little bit better not out of the woods yet so uh, I just want to make sure I remind everyone to be safe, do the best you can, uh, do what you do, and uh, like I said, try to have as much fun as possible, but at the same time, do it in a smart manner. Now, this is segment number two, and I say we're going to talk about Derek Carr, and I'm not that dude that just wants to go ahead and talk about Derek Carr because it's an easy subject. I can sit here and do a podcast and talk about Derek Carr every single day if I wanted to. I'm not going to do that. I think that's a lazy, cheap way out, not going to do that at all, but I had a couple text messages talking about Derek Carr, so I thought, you know what, let me go ahead and address these text messages in the same segment so I can just knock it out, and then I can get to calls and other texts about other parts of the team in another segment, but really just, I'll talk about Derek Carr in this segment because, well, like I said, I got the text messages straight off that Locked on Raider podcast, voicemail line is 707 654 one Four six nine three. So this is really about the expectations for twenty twenty. And yes, Derek Carr has a couple years left on his contract. Just know that I was a guy that was very much in favor of Derek Carr uh, being the quarterback in twenty twenty. But at the same time, very much in favor of the Raiders going and drafting a quarterback in the draft, and they did not do that. So that's okay. They didn't go make that move. They did go ahead and sign Marcus Mariota. Gave him a nice little contract. If he's there more in the year, he can make some nice coins. Especially if he gets out on the field and does some things. But that's not guaranteed. So who knows? So here's the conversation about Derek Carr and his expectations based off a couple text messages that we got straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. So off top, the first text message from Andrew the Raider. AQ, thanks once again for all your work for all of us in Raider Nation. Appreciate you more than you know. Just a simple question. So it's no question you believe Derek Carr is absolutely the best guy for the starting quarterback job in 2020. But I want to know what he would need to do this coming season for you to think he's the guy long-term. Not for Gruden, not Mayock, etc. but what would Q need to see in order to say this is the dude? I want him here for more than one year. Thanks, Q. Andrew DeRater. Andrew, thank you so much for that text, my man. And, you know, I appreciate that text about Derek Carr because there's so much conversation behind Derek Carr, and it's always just, oh, he is the guy or he isn't the guy. It's either you hate him or you love him. And this is a good question because it's really just like, what do you have to see, what do I want to see to make sure and confirm that he is the guy? A guy that I've said multiple times has stabilized the quarterback position for the Raiders ever since, well, Rich Gannon hasn't been there. I mean, again, you go through the long list of quarterbacks that the Raiders have had since Rich Gannon, and none of them have stabilized the position. Derek Carr has. And I believe last year in 2019, I said it that Derek Carr has done exactly that stabilized it, and that's good. But now they need to improve it. So, what do they need to do to improve that position? And what does Derek Carr need to prove and do in 2020 to prove that, you know what, you don't need to improve it? I'm the guy. That's a really, really good question. And it's very, very debatable, but I think it's simple. He's shown that he understands Gruden's offense. He shows that he can make the plays that John Gruden wanted him to do so far in the two years that John Gruden's been the head coach. Get the ball out of your hand really quickly. Go ahead and take whatever plays ahead of you, even if it's not the first read. Go ahead and just get it out of your hand and take something. You know what? Live to, to see another day. Go ahead and don't turn the ball over. You know, take care of the ball. He has done what John Gruden has asked him. And and again, a lot of people get mad at Derek Carr for what he's done as, about, as far as like check downs and everything. I'm not mad at that because I know 100% that John Gruden is is running the show and saying, hey, you know what? Get that rock out of your hand quickly. Don't take a loss. Don't turn the ball over. So Derek Carr is really, really doing that. And yes, there's some decisions that he's made that haven't been great that I've been upset about, and I think all of Raider Nation has been upset about. But at the same time, I think he's just trying to do what his head coach and John Gruden has been telling him to do. So now I think he needs to take the tutelage that John Gruden has, has given him and the the ability that he naturally has, the the playmaking ability he has. Because in 2016, he threw the ball down the field. 2016, he was able to make some plays. 2016, he kept his you know plays alive with his feet a little bit. Not a lot. I mean, he's never going to be fleet-footed. He's never going to be that. But he's just got to show a next level of maturity and a next level of understanding for me. That's what I need. That's, that's what I would like to see. I'd like to see him see a play break down and him just kind of keep a play alive and allow one of his playmakers now that he has so many of them have an opportunity to shake free and get open. Something I talked about when he got Antonio Brown, I said, you're going to have to be able to make plays when they break down and just give your wide receivers, give your guys a chance. He's got to be able to be a little bit more patient than he, he's been. Even though John Gruden wants him to get the ball out of his hands, he's got to allow plays to develop. That's what I want to see. I want to see the maturation, the next step. You know, it's, it's kind of like anything. It's like when you're a child and you start crawling. What's the next step? You start walking. What's the next step? You start running. You know what I mean? There's, there's steps to this thing. I want to see him take that next step. Not saying he's a child, not trying to disrespect him. I just want to see him take that natural next step, where he understands the offense so well. He knows how long he has with that offensive line that's very dominant. Tom Cable's done a good job constructing that offensive line and doing a, and doing a good job to protect him. He has to understand that you know what I may have an extra second then I had before. I'm gonna hold on to the rock and allow a Henry Ruggs to get open, or I'm allow Tyrell Williams to break free, or I'm allow Darren Waller to get an extra step, or Hunter Renfro to sit down in the slot, or. Oh, by the way, Josh Jacobs is wide open in the flat. Let me go ahead and hit him. He needs to be able to take that next step. That's what it's going to take for myself, and I believe that's what it's going to take for the Raiders front office to to believe that Derek Carr is the guy long term. The problem is he only has a couple years left on his his contract, and then he's going to be coming up on his third deal. Are you confident in Derek Carr? And this is something he's going to have to prove over the next couple seasons. Are you confident in him to get another deal and make another big deal? Because, you know, every time a guy gets a new contract, he's the next guy up, and he's the next highest paid dude in the league. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are talking right now. They're working on a deal. The deal, according to the Kansas City Star, is something that is going to be unheard of. You still got Deshaun Watson. Obviously, Dak Prescott's on his on his thing. He's doing his his work right now trying to get his deal. I mean, he's going to come up in a couple years, and the market for quarterbacks may be outrageous and insane. Are you willing to give that kind of a deal to Derek Carr, or are you just like, okay, uh, undercut him, give him a low ball deal, or try to franchise him? I mean, those are decisions that the front office are going to have to make, but I just believe he continues to do what he does. He put up good numbers. Statistic-wise, he put up good numbers in 2019. He's just got to do it better and look like he has a better understanding of the offense and take that next step and that next control, knowing he's got more weapons He's got to find a way to not give up on a play, but give his weapons opportunities. That's what I need to see from Derek Carr, something that Rich Gannon did a really good job of. When the play wasn't there, Rich Gannon would check out of it and say, you know what, Damn it, I'm going to be the league's MVP, and I'm going to make plays happen. Derek Carr has got to grab the league and grab the game, the game plan by the cojones. You know what I mean when I say cojones? He's got to grab it by the cojones and say, I got this. This is my world. That's what I need to see for Derek Carr so I know that he's here, and he's the the guy for more than one year. That's 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 my answer. That's my long-winded answer to that question from Andrew DeRater. So thank you so much for that. Next up is a text from Coach B. He says, what's up, Q? Coach P here again. Love the podcast. Everybody, this man Q works super hard to get a podcast out every single day. I didn't realize how much work this stuff takes until I started doing it. We appreciate you, Q. Anyway, I told you I had a video about DC coming out, and it's out now. It's called Derek Carr, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Go check it out. I'll talk about what Derek Carr does well and what us Raider fans have been getting frustrated with. It's weeks one through four, and part two will be out soon. I want to know what everyone else thinks of DC since Twitter is toxic. Q, what are your unfiltered feelings about Carr now that we have had free agency and the draft and we have a good idea what the offense will look like next season? Thanks for everything you do, Q. Can't wait to hear what everybody thinks. And Coach B, thank you so much for that text, first of all. And really, it's similar to what I just told Andrew the Raider. I just want to see Derek Carr get better. You can never expect to be at the top of your game. You need to always continue to get better. I think I'm really good at my job. But you know what? At this time next year, I'll look back and say, man, I'm so much better than I was last year. And that's how you should be. No matter how good you think you are right now, you need to realize that you could be better. And the way you get better is you work, you work, you work, and guess what? You work some more. So that's what Derek Carr needs to do. Similar to what I told Andrew DeRater, he just needs to show a better understanding, uh, a better way of uh, making plays happen, keeping plays alive, and being that guy. That's the step that Derek Carr needs to take. Do I think that the Raiders at some point are going to go with a dynamic quarterback? And when I mean dynamic, I mean a guy who can keep some plays alive with his legs and uh, you know, and, and also th- makes, makes some plays with his, his arm? Absolutely. No doubt about it. I mean, I I feel like the league is, is trending in that direction. Even Patrick Mahomes, as good as he is and can throw the ball around the yard, you know what else he has? He has the ability to say, you know what, damn it, nobody's wide open. I'm going to go ahead and tuck the ball and run. The, the Chiefs do not win the Super Bowl, in my opinion, and I was there in Miami to watch it firsthand. They don't win that Super Bowl if he doesn't take the ball, put it under his shoulder, and run. I mean, seriously, there was moments where San Francisco had him bottled up, and instead he decided, to, you know what, I can't throw it, I can't force it, I'm going to tuck the ball and run. At some point, Derek Carr is going to have to not worry about his ankle, not worry about being, uh, you know, his, his broken leg that he had in 2016. He can't worry about that. He's just going to have to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going stones to the wall and I'm going to make it happen. He's got to get that mentality in his mind where every play could be the last play. You've got to go for it. And yes, I know nobody wants to put your quarterback in harm's way. I get it. But Derek Carr's got to realize that he could be the difference maker. He gives a lot of effort. You know, we we all we've seen. Him, you know, make plays going towards the end zone, trying to stretch out and get that touchdown and get the ball knocked out of his hand. He's got to be in that mentality all the time. And and you know what? I don't want to see him stretch out and not get the the ball knocked out of his hands and go out of the end zone and and be a touchback and and go over to the other team. But I want him to have that mentality where he's willing to go for it. F it. There's nobody open. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to tuck the ball and I'm going to run. He's got to get that in him. He's got to get that inner Rich Gannon. Maybe Rich Gannon needs to pull him to the side, have that conversation. I don't know. He's got to find a way to channel that inner Rich Gannon. So I just wanted to go ahead and and, uh, you know, kind of isolate those two text messages right there because they were both about Derek Carr. And so I didn't want to have, you know, multiple back-to-back, 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 you know, just like that, about Derek Carr and then have other conversations. Thought I would just have one simple conversation in segment number two about the expectation for Derek Carr, his new weapons in 2020. So that's what it was right there. Now, coming up in segment number three, your calls and text Straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast.
0: every day.
1: What up Raider Nation? Here we go segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. It is your time to shine. 707 654-4693 That's the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line Get your text messages and your call off. All you got to do is hit me up and say what you got to say. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Get to as many as calls and texts as we can get to. And off top I think I want to go ahead and sound the alarm. And when I talk about sounding an alarm you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> ed joe in portland he's a new booty he says hey cute. ed joe in portland here Wanted to text in and rant about the banana in the nfl's tailpipe the chargers Every season, the narrative is the same. Oh, the Chargers are one of the most talented teams in the NFL. They're just underperformed. Maybe they actually aren't all that talented and haven't been since the beginning of this nearly two decades spanning trend. Maybe Phillip Rivers has never been the elite quarterback they say he is. I think the Chargers are just a mediocre, as their record has shown. Again, that's Edjo in Portland, and that is a new booty. Thank you so much for that text. And you know, it's funny, man. You talk about the the, the banana and tailpipe. That is absolutely the best description for the Chargers. They are the banana in the tailpipe. They are that team that they always look great on paper. Oh, my God, they're going to be so good, and they just aren't that team. I don't know how many times on ESPN Central Texas when we start the the season, the NFL season off, and we kind of do our predictions, I always say, you know what? Watch out for the Chargers. I think they're going to be that sneaky team in the AFC West and they just are never that good. They have injury on top of injury on top of injury. I do think Philip Rivers was a really really good quarterback. I just don't think that that team put it all together. You know, I really really don't. Maybe that's the curse of uh, of the Chargers when you go ahead and fire a coach after going 14 and 2. You know what I mean? You go 14 and 2 and you fire a coach. That may be the curse that they are, they're stuck with because they did that, but uh, who knows? I, I really don't know. I don't know what the Achilles heel is for the uh, Chargers, but some reason, they look great on paper, and they never turn out to anything, so uh, I got you on that. Appreciate you, and thanks for being a new booty. Next up, we got a call from Andy, UK Raider, calling to comment on some shows he's been hearing as of late and talk about what he's been feeling about what the Raiders have been doing as of late as far as putting the team together, their roster, and expectations for 2020. Andy, UK Raider.
2: Thank you, Andy, UK Raider. Just ringing up to a long time no ring, so just ringing up to tell you what. Um, really pleased you got um, on the Scott Galbrazin show. As you know, I did tweet him telling him you should be on, so um, yeah, man, I think I should get a commission for that. But no, really pleased you, you went on that. But the main reason I was ringing is is uh, listen to your um, interview, uh, Ben and Trevor did with you on Lockdown NFL on, on the draft. I uh, really enjoyed it. I, I listened to Ben and Trevor a lot. I think they're very, very knowledgeable. And um, this and all for you just, just chewed out. It was fantastic. really enjoyed it. I thought you made some great points, and you just go from strength to strength. So, yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, it's been great. Obviously, we're locked down in the UK, so um, I've been working from home. So got a nice routine going of waking up, and your pod's there. So, listen to the pod. Is hit the dog for a walk, and I do some work. So, yeah, it's there first thing in the morning every morning for me. So, Thank you, Q, for everything you do. Um, you're obviously, you're, just on, you're everywhere at the moment, so I'm really pleased how your career is going. And you're doing so well. So um really stoked with the, the radio draft class. I think they did really well. Pre-agency was really good as well. So the new stadium looks amazing. So, yeah, fingers crossed um, we can get some NFL football in September. But, yeah, just want to say, uh, I know you've had a tough year, Q, but um, just keep being you, keep doing everything you're doing because you're doing fantastic and I'm really enjoying it. So, okay, stay safe and uh, thank you from the UK. All right, bye-bye.
1: There you go. That was Andy, UK Raider. And thank you so much for your compliments. I appreciate you. And yeah, it's good to get out and do as much as possible. Uh, I believe the Raiders are trending in the right direction, similar to what you feel. Free agency, the draft class, I think that's really, I think the really, the last two draft classes have been really good. And this free agency class, I think they did great. I know in 2019 they went and got Trent Brown, and that was a major, major get, but they got LaMarcus Joyner. He didn't prove out to be that guy, but I really feel pretty good about the draft class and the free agency uh, you know, guys that they brought in this year. I think they really, really have an opportunity to go make some big things happen and make a lot of Raider fans really, really happy. So we'll see what they do. Obviously, you got to go win the games on the field, but right now in May, what they're looking like is really Really good. So thank you so much for that call. Definitely appreciate you. Next up is a text from Raider Fatty. He says, Hey Q, this is Raider Fatty, and thank God it's Fatty Friday. I need you to set the record straight for us. Ever since Mark Davis took over the Raiders, every offseason, I hear the beat writers say that the team is cash poor, and it affects their ability to sign big-time free agents. Maybe it was true in previous years, but just a month ago or so, I read another article from Jerry McDonald how the team is cash poor. How is that possible with a brand-new stadium? Q, Please set the record straight. Again, that's from Raider Fatty. And thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. And look, I, it's no mistake. It's no no joke and no whatever that the Raiders are one of the the teams in the league that are, you know, they're, they're the less or least wealthiest team in the league. Uh, you know if you look and look at them against the, like the Cowboys and the Patriots and other big time teams like that no they don't have that kind of money they don't have that kind of bread Mark Davis is not a billionaire like some of these other cats in the in the league but the team could still make things happen they could still make moves happen that was an excuse that was thrown out there for one of the reasons why they didn't uh, re-sign Khalil Mack and they ended up trading him because they couldn't afford him and look there is some truth to it that they had to go ahead and put you know this money into an escrow and they had to have a certain amount of guaranteed money and they got to go ahead and get that look this year is going to be weird as far as finances go but you're right when it comes to that stadium that stadium has made the franchise worth that much more everything that they're getting in vegas is worth that much more all the endorsement deals that they have now and all the partners they have makes the franchise worth that much more but this year is going to be strange with the pandemic You don't know how many fans are going to go. You don't know what the parking is going to look like. Season tickets and all that all sold out. But who's really going to be there? If the fans aren't really there in the stands, you don't get that money. You know what I mean? I mean, if it's only 25%, like Texas has opened up for professional teams, 25% in open-air stadiums. So, okay, if the Raiders play in an open-air stadium every season, uh, not every season, but every game, you know, according to Texas rules, at least right now in May, 25% fans. Well, that's not the whole place sold out. So that's going to be another cost on, on money. This year, don't look at the money. Don't look at the financials because it's going to be off. It's going to be off balance. It's not going to be what you expect it to be. It's not going to be what anybody expects it to be. Every team in the league in the NFL is going to take an L this year as far as finances goes. I think they'll get all the games played. I think they'll make money. They'll still make way more money than me, you, and anybody else combined. But it's a lot less money than they're expecting. So the Raiders are, are moving the franchise in the right direction, and they're getting the money that they need to get. But, I mean, there there's truth to the fact that they don't have the hard cash in you know escrow like a Jerry Jones would have. Jerry Jones could say, I guarantee you $80 million, and he has $80 million in the bank because he's got that, Oil money. He's got that stupid oil money. Mark Davis drives a minivan. No disrespect, but he drives a minivan. It's a souped-up minivan, but it's still a minivan. He ain't going out and buying Tom Brady's $300,000 Escalade that he's got for sale, which, by the way, looks like a Hearst. And as much as a fan of an Escalade as I am, I wouldn't buy it either, even if I had the money. But, again, it's just me. So hopefully that straightens it out a little bit for you. In the coming years, next year, the year afterwards, once all this pandemic thing is behind everybody – Look for the Raiders to be a very, very productive team and franchise as far as money goes. So, like I said, hopefully that clears things up just a little bit. Here he goes. Another call from Nick from the North Bay. And, well, before I get into his call, I got to make sure I sound the alarm because Nick is a new booty. He's calling in to talk about what he calls random, but he wants to talk about Colton Miller. That's right, Colton Miller, left tackle Colton Miller. Here he is, Nick from the North Bay.
0: Hey, what's up, Q? This is Nick from the North Bay. Just giving a call. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a new booty. Got a couple thoughts. Been listening to you for about, oh, gosh, I don't know, not quite a year, maybe just under. But, uh, big fan of the show. You do great for us, Greater Nation fans, man. You do a lot. Can't tell you how much I enjoy listening to you when I'm driving up from uh, Shasta County down to Pleasant a Little more area of work every week. Uh awesome, man. Absolutely awesome to talk Raiders football. You need to listen to someone that knows what they're talking about. Uh so anyways, let's uh I'm gonna start something random here that I wanted to talk about and uh it's uh Colton Miller. I know the first year a lot of people were giving that guy hate after giving what? Seems like 16, 20 sacks. up. way too many. But how he bounced back. Because I think a lot of our success, yeah, we talked about all the new weapons we got on the outside. But, I mean, it all comes down to the protection given number four sometimes. So, and you look at those tackles, Dick Boyd, Trent Brown on the right. And then you got Colton Miller, who's really developing into something special, I believe. I just think that he needs a little shout out, a little love, because I don't think he gets enough of it. I think he's gonna keep progressing into a dominant left tackle procedure and I think that's gonna be a key to success for us this year. Uh, also I heard about uh John Simpson. So that's pretty cool, you know, hearing about that. He uh spent some time with DC and the boys just to try to pick up on his voice progressions and whatnot. Did not know that, so that was pretty neat. Uh, Other than that, yeah, I mean, oh, the last call, I want to say it was Sean from Salt Lake City. I don't know. I forget. It was about, you know, he was pretty worked up about the ESPN or whatnot bias. But my advice, man, you know, you got your boy Q to listen to. Shut out everyone else and just enjoy that we got the greatest in the business and the upcoming stars. So, you know, that's all I got to say, man. Just let it go. Don't let that stuff affect you, and just listen to your boy Q and your set man. Uh, other than that, I just, uh, first time caller, so I'm kinda of just rambling while driving up to I-5 and tearing off into nothing around me. So, you have yourself a great weekend, Q, and, uh, don't forget, it. Trader Nation, in Mayock, we trust. Peace.
1: That was Nick right there, and I said he was from the North Bay, but I think he was actually from the North State. Either way, he was talking about Colton Miller, and it's so funny you brought him up, man. That was a dude that I was cussing when the Raiders drafted him. I mean, I was so angry. I was there in Arlington. I was so fired up because the Raiders, not the Raiders, but the 49ers had just gone and drafted Mike McGlinchey. Uh, You know, the the Raiders had multiple opportunities to get Derwin James, and I kept telling my coworkers from ESPN Central Texas, Raiders are getting Derwin James. Raiders are getting Derwin James. Like, I was bragging, man. I was braggadocious. Shocking, right? I was in their face talking trash. And man, when they came up and the Raiders went and got Colton Miller, I looked at everybody and they just... They just shook their head. They couldn't even talk trash to me. They just shook their head. So I was angry from the get-go. Colton Miller was a guy that, and I think this goes for most Raider fans, were pretty angry when they saw him drafted in the first round, knowing Derwin James was there, and the Chargers went and got Derwin James. Just couldn't believe he was still available. The Raiders actually passed on him twice, but they went and got Colton Miller for good reason. They needed to protect Derek Carr, and again, I mean, I was mad at the time. Right now, I feel like the way he's getting better and improved, and what I saw from him in 2019, I think it was a really good pick at this moment. And again, there's a reason why I'm not the general manager of the Raiders, and I'm not the guy drafting the guys, because if I was, I'd have a team full of you know specialty players. I'd have safeties, corners, wide receivers, running backs. You know, what I mean, I'd have I'd have the skill positions. I wouldn't have the big uglies in the trenches, because well. No one wants to go draft a big ugly, especially early, because that's not sexy. Well, I would have gone with a sexy pick in Derwin James. They went with Colton Miller, and he's playing a lot better. And I believe, and a lot of the Raiders, matter of fact, Vic Tafer put out a piece on uh, The Athletic that a lot of the, the coaches on the Raiders staff think that Colton Miller is going to be a pro bowler this year. They think he's going to improve so much, and he improved a lot in 2019, especially with Richie Incognito holding it down at that left guard position. A lot of folks believe that Colton Miller is in for a Pro Bowl season. So that will be major if he does that for the Raiders. So I'm not mad at that pick anymore. I think it was a good pick. But I'll tell you what, man. At the time, I was one angry dude. So, yeah, that's what I, uh, that's what I got for you on Colton Miller. Next up is a text from Diego from the 916. What's going on, Q? It's Diego from the 916, Sacramento one time. I just wanted to ask if you wanted to let us all know what you think about the defensive player snap predictions, what they could be. Also, I'm really glad we finally have some actual playmakers on offense, defense, and special teams. That's from Diego from the 916. Uh, let's see. Defensive player snap predictions. That's not very easy to do. I mean, really, because, I mean, you just don't know what the rotations are. I mean, if you want to go from the defensive line to the linebackers to the secondary, I mean, you could do that. You could say that, and I believe that, you know, Max Crosby will be a starter. I believe Klee Furrow will be a starter. Uh, I believe that uh, uh, Malik Collins will end up getting a lot of love and a lot of attention in the uh, on, in the interior of the defensive line. Uh, probably next to Jonathan Hankins. And then you'll see PJ Hall and uh, Maurice Hurst come in after him. Uh, I can't tell you how many snaps they're going to get. Trayvon Mullen, I believe, is going to be the starter as far as the uh, one of the cornerback positions go. Damon Arnett has an opportunity to start, but because of this weird training camp, maybe Prince of Makamura will get the start. And then at some point, Damon Arnett will take over. Linebacker, obviously, you got Corey Littleton. You got Nick Wachowski. Uh, Nick's got the, the green The green dot on the back of his helmet, so he's calling the plays. Um, Who knows who else is going to be out there as far as linebacker. The Raiders are uh, a team that puts two linebackers out there a lot of the time, and then sometimes will bring in another linebacker. So maybe a a Javen White, if he makes the team, and I do think he's going to make the team. Uh, Maybe a Tanner Muse, one of those guys will come in. Nicholas Morrow, maybe but, I mean, that's going to be a rotation. But your two main guys at a linebacker position, Corey Littleton, Nick Wachowski, Jonathan Abrams going to get the first shot as far as one safety position goes, and Darius Randall, uh, no, Demarius, and then Demarius Randall will get the the other shot. But that could all change quick, fast, and hurry depending on what happens at training camp. It's really hard to tell just, you know what I mean, like what's your what's your snap counts going to be. I mean, look, it's May 29th. They have not even got on the grass yet. They don't even know what the grass looks like. The grass that I have outside is way greener than the grass that they've been on lately. I mean, you know, it's just, it is what it is. So it's kind of hard to answer that question. Hopefully that makes as much sense as possible. So uh, thank you so much for that. Definitely appreciate you. So that's going to do it for today's show here on the Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday. Uh, If you get that opportunity make sure you tune in on Sunday to the Silver and Black today. Scott Goldbranson, he's invited me back for at least one more episode of that. So uh, we'll be on on uh, CBS 1140 in Vegas at 8am on the West Coast. That's 10am Central Time and 11am on the East Coast. But uh, definitely tune in if you get that opportunity. It's only one hour long, one hour strong. I believe we're going to have an interview, at least one, but I'm not too sure. But uh, either way, I got another opportunity to be on the show. So check it out if you can. If not, I'll give you a full recap on Monday. So definitely appreciate your time. Thank you for all the feedback that we've gotten uh, either by way of uh, the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693, by way of Twitter, at your boy Q254, or uh, either way, whatever it is, I definitely appreciate you checking out the show. So until Monday, take care all weekend long, have fun, do what you do, and be safe. And as always, Just win, baby.